Gambling, the only addiction that can make you rich. I'm Noah Jansen. I'm Mick Jansen. I'm Eliza Jansen. And I'm Max Kronick. And this is Twin Picks. Yahtzee! <laughs> Yahtzee! gambling, isn't it? Yeah. Gosh, I love movies. Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which myself, Meg and Anthony are now recording, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, and pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. And here in California, I would like to pay my respects to the elders of the Gabrielenio people and pay my respects to the elders past, present and future. Hello and welcome back to Twin Picks, the sh- podcast where two actual real-life human twins and me. talk about two movies that share some kind of similarity and chat about which one does its job better. Meg, I love podcasting. Isn't podcasting fun? Where like, you know, we catch up together as a family because we're, you know, us three kids, we love doing it and we talk about movies together. Did you enjoy last week's episode where, oh, um, wait, um, we... We weren't there, were no, we, Megan? We were abandoned. <laughs> it's almost like we got left at the door like a piece of trash. Let us in. We want to podcast. <laughs> we want to podcast. We you know want what? to shop. Podcasting is a privilege, not a right. And we felt like <laughs> last week you guys deserved to like just feel what it's like to have your rights stripped away from you. I'm, well, I'm on your side, humble. guys. Eliza told me you passed away. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we did that. Away. What was the death that you gave Nora and Meg? <laughs> Explain why they weren't on last week's podcast. Oh, it was something really elaborate. Yeah, it was some Rube Goldberg type thing where someone <laughs> nods a potted plant out of a tall building, which oh, you yeah, and it maneuvered out of the way that. from. Yeah. But oh, uh, we're right. unfortunately oh, hit by a la Magnolia. Do you I think that's Magnolia. how you would die? It'd be a good way to go. I want to go in a way that, like, even in heaven, when I look down, I'm like, you know what? Kudos to that whole situation. Yeah, I want to die cool. in life, a way that's baby. like she flew too close to the sun. Like she ate too many donuts or something. Uh, know, something yeah, like that. that's cool. Like you were going for gold. That's how in you want to go. Yeah. Isn't it sad when like incredible like, people die in like silly ways? And it's like, oh, that's always yeah, like checking out a sandwich or like on the like toilet, Elvis like dying on the toilet. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, I, I mean, like I feel like. Noah, you'd probably enjoy like a Final Destination style death yeah. where you say like a pointed one-liner at someone and then step in the middle of the street yeah. and like yeah. you turn back to say one more thing and just get clobbered by a truck. Like, yeah, it's like oh if we don't boy. beat this curse, we're just dead I will meat. say, I think yeah, yeah, there are some really good Final Destination deaths though. And yeah, like, they go off. My favorite personally is definitely the tanning bed one. Yeah, but also because it's fakes in the sun all the time. Well, but no, I don't know it holds a, a really special but. place in my heart because I think it's like the first time that I saw like titties. Your saw boob on screen. I was like, Whoa, that's they not are true. Not real. You said that about the Stepford Wives as well. I'm coming across as a pervert. In that movie? There's not the boobs podcast in Stepford audience Wives. Is gonna think I'm perverted. Well, maybe it's the first time I was like, those titties are like fake because they were like some big boobies. They are. We got the pirated copy in Bali. We watched all of them in a pool yeah. at Bali. And me and my yeah. boyfriend, we don't have similar taste in movies at all, but that's some, like, shared experience that we both had. We both got the Final Destination 4 
pirated copy from Bali. We're both like, yeah. Well, that one has like wow. a big old sex scene. It's just like big old boobs. In I like movie. to think of that as yeah. the true cut of the movie, like the fans' cut, the director's yeah. cut. You're, okay. you're a fake fan if you yeah. don't know. I remember watching the behind yeah. the scenes of Final Decision 3 and they talk about how like they tried to treat the nudity in that film respectfully. And I actually like. <laughs> you're like, you didn't. I was like, okay, Kings, sure, go off. Um, yesterday I was trying to move a giant glass pane that like <laughs> it makes the fence of our pool because they were all like falling off. And it reminded me of in the second one where the guy gets flattened by it. That's a good one. So as well. when you said like I do a quippy one line, I was like, "What's a quippy one?" I could be like, "Oh, I'm getting glassy eyed," and then it like well, slices yeah. my head or something. Why would you say that if but right. not you, saying you guys are real maybe I was crying, you know, say, maybe I was crying, huh? Everything about that. God, God. you know what? You, you guys are such crying? a pain. You know what? Yeah, your distance, by your distance by. from us in La La Land, the city of the city of stars, city has of made you really forget what it's like to be the little guy. You know, yeah. we can't all live in the high life, you the know, Hollywood. How's Brad Pitt doing? Huh? Get him on the podcast sometime. I think Ridiculous. he's doing good. Yeah. He was at like some charity event, like handing out <laughs> yeah. stuff in Inglewood and smoking a cigarette. Yeah. I picked good. a bad celebrity. He's good actually supposed him. to be a really nice yeah. guy. He's supposed to be lovely. Anyway. Yeah, so um, you guessed it. The crossover today is a Final Destination <laughs> so movie and a Brad Pitt movie. <laughs> Literally imagine, imagine that's the whole setup for that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, unfor- like we do tease, but last week's episode was really good. Well done. So well done, you it's too. Fun to Thank have you Max for back yet again. Planning. The wonderful Max is joining us today. For um, a double feature I'm really excited about, you know, since you guys negged us and kicked us out of the podcast for a week, Meg and I both like went into a dark descent of, you know, gambling and loss and pain. So we are doing Reddit, Wall Street bets too. (laughs) <laughs> that yeah, was probably exactly. way before we're game we stock. Yeah, that was before That's actually also a good <laughs> talk right now, the GameStop thing yeah. We are talking <laughs> about that subreddit. Yeah, We're talking about uh, The Hustler and The Gambler Two Woo-hoo! movies about dudes with a lot of ego Who love to win, who love the thrill of the win uh, And one of them's more so about like pool hustling And the other one's just about like good old fashioned fucking up your life with gambling <laughs> um and have either has anybody like seen these movies before or like, what's I yeah. with, with you it? guys like the titles are so similar it's hard in my mind to separate these <laughs> but yeah the pool distinction is really helping me here um what is it from where they go there's some like song or something where they go minnesota facts like yeah. what is that from? i was actually gonna say we have to all make up i've actually got one prepared we can do that oh, now no. this we is so, have like, to make up pool names for us everyone oh. has to have like a cool pool name i'm gonna be i'm gonna be meg in quotation slim jim jansen that's good it can do you want to delve further or do we have to discover that's it. why I, my my signature shot is the slim jim and it's just like a little I don't okay. know. I, you I don't use know. a slim jim okay. to like I, put the ball in the pocket. Let's <laughs> put a slimmy jimmy at it. <laughs> Let me just shimmy jimmy this slimmy jimmy. Slimmy jimmy this ball into its slimmy little pocket. Okay. Mine is Noah, in fact, Noah, quotation, the beef, Jansen. Because you start beef at the table. I start beef at the table and it's. It, <laughs> why did I not think of that? It's actually really good. <laughs> I think part of my hubris at the game is that. I, I'm a bit of a slob. I don't even care. Cool. Oh, I, I was thinking you're bullheaded. A, no, I've got, I'm bullheaded. Yeah, I've got like a beef. I've, my, I've like got ribs. Like I'm holding ribs in one hand. I get, oh, literally, I you're get eating. greasy juice all over my pool stick, and everyone's like, "This punk is disrespecting the table." But yeah. I win anyway, and it's everyone's like, like "The beef really has done it again." Kind of. He sledging. brings the beef, and he is a beefy slob at the table because yeah. the, I don't need Meaty. to respect the game Meaty. to win. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's mine. Good luck, you two, LA kids. Oh. What are you going to do? Off you go. I think. 
Max, you have seen both of these movies. I feel yeah. like you've had the longest time um, to prepare your uh, name. Oh, uh, okay. Your so you're just name. throwing me under the bus for the. Yeah, okay. I'm like, what rhymes with Eliza? Uh, what rhymes with uh, Jansen? Uh, what rhymes? Uh, <laughs> you can bring them uh, later. You can bring them no, to no, our discussion it, later. It's okay. Uh, my, my hustler name would be uh, Max Rick Moranis Kronik, just because <laughs> I, I really like Rick Moranis. <laughs> I think and I'm always uh, yeah. I feel like about that's it. fully legal. I think Rick Moranis could come after you for that, probably. I mean, I don't think that's <laughs> in Rick Moranis' nature. I don't think he really has No, it's not. He'd be fine. Yeah. We know that about Rick. He's, he's such a good like guy. Yeah, literally. He's such a gorgeous fan. There you go. He'd let you have it. Yeah. Mm. Good to have you at the table, Rick. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Eliza. Um, Eliza. Great to be here. What should I do? I don't know. I was thinking like, Eliza, eat a fry. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. <I> was- <laughs> That's the worst by Hot far. fries. <laughs> yeah. Eliza, hot fries. Uh, Stop making a rhyme. Just hot do a good one. Fries. Fine. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't have to hot rhyme. Fries. It doesn't have to rhyme. Where'd you get this from? I wanted to. I want to mention that I like hot chips. Okay. I think people uh, just like <laughs> that's something I want to make clear about myself as quickly as possible. Right up top of Minnesota fats. You but Liza is giving me like, greasy like, fingers. Greasy, yeah. Greasy, yeah, greasy. Yeah. Power yeah. slide. Eliza the grease. Eliza the grease. We have a lot of so greasy. Does Anthony, Anthony, do you have a a hustler name for us? Anything? The tunes. Timmy. He's his like hot ears. Hot ears. Oh, that's hot ears. He's got like, he's got like, he's like, he's the balls clicked around the Tunes with a Z. Tunes. Oh, tunes. Yeah, that's good. That's good. The bat. The bat. Like, like, ears that do like sonar and shit, like pick up the location of all the the balls on the table. Like, I can play with my eyes closed because I can just like listen to where they all are. Ah, yes. The biggest problem with the table. Where are the balls? Just look at the table. Great. Well, the, um, land fi- the land filler because you just fill <laughs> holes with balls. Oh, that's oh, good. With good. Like, pool. For a pool player. For a pool player. Filler. Yeah, the land filler. That's the good. The land filler, yeah. Mm. Great. Yeah, like we'll start I think that's what the whole filler. At, in future episodes, we have to refer to each other by our names now, of course. Um, oh, God. I'm very excited for these ones. The Hustler is like my favorite black and white movie. Full stop. I remember the first time I watched oh this movie. God. I adore it. Yeah, I literally oh love this God, movie. Oh my God, Noah. So let's about, like, um, get you know, into What about it? Clerks? Okay. That's black oh, and yeah. white. <laughs> yeah, true, actually. Slackers are, yeah, my life. I felt so I seen by Kevin slackers. Smith. I was like, whoa, I also <laughs> despise women. Cool. Okay, let's talk about The Hustler. <laughs> Okay, okay. So The Hustler is a 1961 uh, like drama, I guess you could say sports movie. It's about pool. Is um, it a sport? Is is it's like darts? It's my favorite sport because I don't know. Darts and like pool is a sport and bowling. They're in the same category. I remember when that Australian guy won the world game series thing and it was on the front page and it said sport and I was like there it is that's, <laughs> there it is. that's, that's the sport. name of the that game that one time when that Australian <laughs> time won that I sporting remember. event well, you, really did. you definitely did <laughs> you talking about Stephen Bradbury <laughs> the, you ice know the, guy. Guy. the ice skating guy who was yeah, coming last that. but won because everyone fell over that's definitely a sport no a guy that's definitely a won I remember yeah. it was probably a slow news day anyway the hustler um, it stars Paul Newman gorgeous Paul Newman as Fast Eddie Felson. Um, and he essentially Ka-chow. is like a pool hustler and he knows he's the best. He's like, there's no one better. And he goes 
to like this huge big game to play the legendary pool player Minnesota Fats. <laughs> and uh, based on how his game with Minnesota Fats goes, it kind of sends him on a spiral of uh, connection to what, what makes a true winner and loser. Oh, my God, just I skill. just remembered where they say Minnesota Fats. They say it in Euphoria. <laughs> oh, thank God. That Why was they literally say Euphoria? so I actually need that Because they dress like, as gangsters or something? No, no, he's like, you're playing pool with Minnesota Fats. Thank you. I'm sorry. Wow. I'll stop interrupting. I no, just need to get good that to off know. my chest. It just occurred. Okay, no, that's go good on. to know. Sorry. Good for you, Foria. Um, yes, as I said, this is like my fave black and white movie probably. I just remember watching it and it leaving such an impression on me because we've been going down to our beach house a lot and playing pool and I just thought it's discussion of – well, I think both of these movies are like the main characters quite similar in that like they have an ego or like an arrogance – that when it goes unchecked, it kind of is like their most self-destructive trait. Um, yeah, how did you guys find the character of Fast Eddie Felson? Like as a man, the hustler himself, what do you think? Um, I guess like opening it up as a man, I found it a really interesting um, like reflection of the idea of ego that's enshrined in all kinds of sport, particularly like just like single player sport. Like this is such an ego game and so much of it is like his downfall is him letting his ego get away from him. Mm. And as much as you do root for him in the sense that you're like, I really want him to win and he can win. Like he's better than fats and blah, blah, blah. You do the whole time. It's like that weird interplay between ego, maybe like masculinity and manhood Mm. and, and then, you know, when he is emasculated, like he does have, I've forgotten the character's name, but that guy, Bert, is it? Yeah, Bert. Who mm-hmm. is like, suck, yeah. Bert. Yeah, like Bert who sort of almost emasculates him to a point. Like mm. it's like a very. Um, he becomes like his pimp kind of. Yeah, almost yeah. like a pimp, I was going to say. Yeah, I totally agree there. So I actually thought that was a really interesting note of the film that I wasn't expecting whatsoever. Yeah, I think he poses a really interesting like, um, access point kind of between Minnesota Fats and Fast Eddie. Like mm-hmm. when you meet Bert when he first comes in, like the movie is initially, like, like it first kind of states what it's about when he goes to Minnesota Fats. He's like, oh, stay with this kid. He's a loser. Mm-hmm. And like at that point, Eddie's like winning and winning and winning and winning. And he looks at him and he's like, he's going to lose. I know he's going to lose because he knows that it's like the game is about more than the yeah, ball's going just, in the hole. Yeah. It's about like character. It's a game of character. Um Yeah. Max, Liz? I would say actually the I first saw this character in The Colour of Money when he's way older in like the sequel to The Hustler yeah. when he's like, now oh, he's the Jackie knows. Gleason yeah, It's directed by Scorsese and it has Tom yeah. Cruise. And oh, he's like mentoring great. the young gun that's like Tom Cruise and stuff. So I mm. felt like I sort of cheated my way through this movie being like I already mm. have an affection for him yeah. as like a comeback character. Did oh, you okay. have that as well? Yeah, well, the way Eliza kind of watched this, was like in the context of it being X Men Origins, Fast Shut up. Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to say, there uh, were enough crossovers and cameos. There wasn't enough extended universe stuff. For yeah, me there's no this. Taylor Kitsch <laughs> yeah. as Gambit. Uh, I, I think. Do you think the, of it more as that version or this one? I think this version. I mm. think what makes this character the most the most sympathetic aspect of of Eddie is the fact that he's played by Paul Newman. Really? They, mm. Yes. If he was played by any other actor, had they gotten a character actor to play him, not someone who's <laughs> just like al- mm. almost just like a Brad Pitt status at the time, I yeah. feel like you would not feel any sympathy for this character. 
Mm. Yeah, I think both of these movies hugely, already comparing a little bit, but I think both of them really benefit from not focusing, as I think a lot of movies in this era do, on making you think the character is, like, cool or, like, some necessarily kind of cool likable. Hand like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> His hands like, are cool. <laughs> this movie could like, have been called Cool Hand. Cool Hand Eddie. Eddie. Cool Hand. Cool hand fast, Eddie. fast Eddie. Slimmy Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> Slimmy Jimmy boy. Um, yeah, like I don't think it's focuses on making you be like. I think it lulls you into his sense of arrogance. Like the gorgeous direction makes you be like, oh my god, this guy is unbeatable. He's so good, and like this sexy like shots of the pool table and of him like wiping the table and then when he falls you don't really see him in like a great like you're always rooting for him but you always see him like tripping on himself and Mm -hmm. he's so ignorant to that and I I don't know like I guess from my perspective of what a healthy way to live is I go like it's pretty logical that you should live in values and like pursuing peace and like what's it like important human values but it's interesting to make a movie about the thing of like well what if your focus was just literally like something completely detached from that and then you had to invest in ambition so much that like you damage the people around you like I think he is yeah a quite flawed person and you know that from the get-go and I really like that but I think you know that because of what happens within the confines of the movie. I think the thing that was lacking for me was like, why has it got to this point? Like who, what drives this character apart from being good at pool but letting his ego get away from him and then like sort of having the girl, sort of having Bert on his back. Like I probably thought with this movie the thing that, stood out to me the most as a downfall was the fact that I didn't really know who this character was outside of the universe of the film. Like I didn't know, like, what's the backstory here? Like, why has he come to this point? Like, I just didn't feel that, that like. Interesting. I don't know. And maybe it's as well because I don't really know Paul Newman and I don't like as much as I was like, oh, this character's interesting. It wasn't as if I. He's hot. Like he's hot. Yeah, he is hot. But like, is that enough? Yes. I think yes. I, it builds oh. a lot of story. Like, okay, I know this guy. He's attractive. He's attractive. So he's probably you know the what? life it's of an attractive person. You know what is a great point of comparison for this argument of do we know too much about him? Is he just hot and nice to look at while he yeah. does great and terrible things? <laughs> this, um, The novel that The Hustler is based on was written by Walter Tevis or Tevis, who also wrote the source material for Queen's Gambit, which is like exactly the same, right? Wait, it's like someone in chess. Yeah, it's also a hot person having these like mental breakdowns yeah. that are very like cute to watch yeah the pursuit of perfection yeah. and having like yeah dangerous tendencies like flaws and addiction and stuff but yeah I do wonder how much like I don't know I I don't know that it needed to do a lot more but I guess I just thought mm. comparatively to I don't know. I kind of makes. I don't know. I I I def. I like that you brought up masculinity because I do think a lot about like how this movie. I'm like. I know a lot of people. I think it's a very masculine thing to define yourself with a purpose and be like, my life is about this one thing I do. And I think from the second we see him, his goal is like, I'm going to beat Minnesota Fats. Like that's his yeah. only goal in life. Is like I'm going to be the best. And then the movie is watching him like dabble in and out of being of conversations about like, what are you going to lose? Yeah. At, in pursuit of that like what are you willing to give up but then as um, well i'm kind of like it does this movie benefit from like our generous interpretation of it like if i was someone who wasn't looking at this movie ready to analyze it for a podcast would i really 
watch it and be like, oh, it's probably about like masculinity. It's about all these things. Like how much is the movie giving? But I, I think it's pretty, that that's true. But I think like it's pretty brazenly about winning and losing. Winning and losing. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Have you, has anyone read the book? Nah. I'm, t- I'm no. tempted to. I thought we would. Um, <laughs> what did you all think about one thing that like really dates in this movie that I go like representation wise, if, if the world was better, then I probably wouldn't notice it as much. But like the female character in this movie is straight up just Hyper like Laurie. supposed to die mm. so that it can fuel him to be like, oh, my character has been built now. And like the whole movie is you being like, dude, like you have like this woman has actual feelings, treat her like a human. And then mm. she's constantly like clearly expressing that she would like to be treated like a human. And then spoiler alert, she is by Bert in an excellent scene. Yeah, um, A really hard, hard scene. Uh, she kills herself and that apparently is the impetus for him to grow in character enough to realise what true winning is yeah, and to be the person who deserves to win. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think both these well, movies – I think this movie builds a better character in her, like you do believe her more, but then – for her to just die to serve his growth is a bit like, ah, oh, okay. Yeah, but it's just like an entry into the timeline of films of this era, like yeah. the canon of films of this era that do that. Yeah, So it's not exactly. like it's a point for it's me. Su- it's like a, as it's much as I want to criticise like, it's in it. so much stuff. Yeah, literally. and it's like I want to criticise this film for it, but if I do that, I have to criticise so every film, yeah, which is like every true. film. Yeah. I just so. think it dates the watching but of it. Because, it. again, it's like right. one of my favourite films and I always go when it's there, I'm like, oh, you've built such a great character in her. I wish. She's a good character. Uh, I agree. I don't know. What do you, like, uh, Liz and Max, what do you guys think about that moment of development for Eddie, I'm kind of just, torn on it. just as a counterpoint to that, mm-hmm. when his girlfriend does kill herself, I viewed it more as it, it's what prompts him to go uh, Super Saiyan <laughs> <laughs> and beat Minnesota Fats. He's like, now I got nothing standing in my way. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, exactly. He goes yes, full Akira. That's how I saw the it. last twenty minutes. Yeah, okay. exactly. I thought like she's very much of a type, like you're saying, Meg. Yeah. You know, like every <laughs> every that and Queen's Gambit about... both have a woman, oh, like, yeah. that's a, a drug, like or the like abuses alcohol. That's just like oh, this woman is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> but also like any, I think most sport movies, most movies about someone with an addiction or someone with an amazing skill, they always have this annoying well, there's love always interest. That character. Yeah, like in Yesterday, mm. Lily James' character was the worst because it was like. The premise oh, of yesterday, oh if you're that honest, is ridiculous. Was, that he discovers film. the wow. Beatles basically and pretends to be all the Beatles. And her response is like, "Oh, but you could be my boyfriend. Why aren't you here? Why aren't you not doing incredible movie-worthy things? Why aren't you being my partner?" Mm. And like yeah. that character is just in every one of these kind of movies, and they're so boring. Yeah. Like Piper mm. Laurie, like I know Noah, you quite liked her performance and found her to be like mm. you know a compelling enough character, but. Um, I, f- I feel like this movie did suffer from a comparison to Color of Money for me, which has a slightly more interesting female character. Wow, well, I really yeah. want to watch Color of Color Money Color of Money now. is great, yeah. And I also think Color of Money really excellently, like Scorsese interprets, um, like something I adore about the direction of this film is it takes, like early on it's said when he enters the pool hall where he's going to be playing Minnesota Fats, he's like, it's like a church. Hmm. And the direction is just like, church-like feel where it's like there's like an awe and a respect nobody's speaking when they're playing pool and then in the sequel Scorsese takes the exact opposite approach with the direction and it's very like because Tom Cruise is like the point of Tom Cruise's character in that movie is like he's huge he's like balls to the wall loud very arrogant 
Um, and the direction of that is very like fast paced and editing and it's like smooth, sexy tracking shots and stuff. I feel like it, yeah, updates it really well. I probably will rewatch it now as well. But um, yeah, I just wanted to quickly say also, I think something that this movie will probably trump The Gambler with for me is like, I think the style of, especially those pool scenes is like so like you feel like you've been on a bender with them when they're like playing for like, you know, 25 hours, 26 mm. hours. Like you really feel like you're getting lulled into it with them. Yeah. Do we mm. have anything else to say for now or do you want to move I on I do to- have a challenge. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Noah, you said this is your favourite black and white movie. Yeah. But while watching it this afternoon, something that came up for us was like, is pool one of those sports that should be in colour? <laughs> like, I agree. I do you need to say really oh, hard to watch the balls? Like it's hard. It's like not even hard. It's just like the color. Like all the balls are have a different color. But it isn't focusing I'm not wrong too here. much. I know I'm right. They it's all true. Have a different they color. do have a different color. But it isn't. This movie doesn't like all the shots at the table. Never focus really on being like. It's always just one cool trick shot. It's exactly. Not like it's always like purple, it's always obvious which ball has yes, to go in. True. It's never like oh no, he's potted the wrong one, and then he's like yes, and you're like oh no, I guess it was the right one. Yeah. That doesn't really happen. But don't you think <laughs> it sort of um, is disadvantaged by the fact that like if you think of pool like iconographically, you have the green table and like, Gotta you be have, green. like the coloured balls. Like hmm. that is like interesting. Yeah, you know, it's be the same as balls. like. <laughs> I bet, Tennis, you, I bet you'd you like Colour of Money more. I really do. Maybe. I have yeah. to watch it. I haven't seen it. But, yeah, no, I agree with you, Eliza. I'm glad you raised that. Because <laughs> even saying that it's your favourite, like, don't you think that a film that's, like, your favourite black, black and white, white film, there has to be a reason? Yeah, it has to be served by the black and whiteness. Interesting. Well, again, I think there's, like, a, I, I think there's like a dead of night, middle of the morning feel to this whole movie that's, like, these are the people who are only awake when nobody else is and doing these, like, you know, quiet backroom games and it's like a small little community that makes it feel quite like yeah church-like when I heard that in this movie I was like oh yeah I love that sense of no one has it. night blindness he's not seeing stuff in color at night and now he goes <laughs> yeah. like I'm like is it every something? movie black and white <laughs> <laughs> this is all spoken like someone who clearly has not seen the noir black and white cut of Norbit shut <laughs> <laughs> <Shut> up Max <laughs> You really do just be coming in with like your really like prepped little quips these days, and it's always it. yeah. the most obscure little things like Norbert. Yeah, and we're always like, ah, oh, there's another good one. Good, <laughs> I've got my notebook shit. here. <laughs> uh. Yeah, we love. No, a very good question. Very interesting. Shall we talk um, about the gambler, or do people? Have I actually had one thoughts? quick point to yeah. bring up about uh, the hustler. Uh, I was just wondering if anyone felt that. Minnesota Fats, the defeat at the end was incredibly anticlimactic. That Re- they literally said, yeah, well, you won. <laughs> yeah. Rewatching the final pool game, it just kind of, they do these fade out transitions and they fade back in and they just fade back in and Minnesota Fats is like, well, I guess you win. <laughs> it's it's always felt quite intentional to me and I've always quite enjoyed that beat that like a movie sets up the most clean, clear objective from the top that's like my life purpose is to do this thing and that then once this horrible traumatic thing happens to him where he realises like in pursuit of his mission he's been literally so like emotionally um, like to, to his partner he's been so like he has not listened to her or has not been receptive to her experience at all and been so thoughtless that she's killed herself, that, like, the actual completing of the objective isn't as important now or, like, he... Yeah, doesn't that add to the pathos even? 
Yeah, mm. I think there's like the the weight oh, of the of the fight at that the start of the pathos. of the game at the start feels like, like somebody yeah. whose entire life depends on this game, and yeah. at the end it doesn't feel like that. Like I adore his final monologue. I actually did it when I was at a drama school in third oh, year. I yeah. got can you do it now? Really? No, bad don't do it now. It. I don't want to hear. Yeah, it. I got It'd a bad cool. mark for it as well because it was for spoken voice, and I just like what you screamed sound? it. <laughs> I didn't scream it, but I just sounded really bad when I did it. Hmm. Um, uh, but it was fun. Uh, but I love that monologue, yeah, where he mm. just goes, like, uh, like kill me then, like, just... I also think I'm not to, to super, like, I don't, I'm not super into, like, the sports movie look and, like, vibe, like, the aesthetic of, like, the big win and then everyone cheers and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, maybe that means true. that I don't, like, I love mind the big so and everyone much. Cheers. <laughs> I don't know. I, so I'm you not... guys think that it could have maybe maintained the pathos that Meg and I are talking about whilst still giving us, like, giving the satisfaction more. of him winning the game? No. I, I, I would say it's more just um, something that felt unexpected. But, like, I mean, that's kind of the end of Queen's Gambit as well a little bit. Yeah, it <laughs> where is it's like, like the end of Queen's you know, Gambit. it's more about becoming the person you need to be in order to win that thing and then you realize yeah. oh it actually doesn't mean anything to me it point. actually doesn't mean yeah exactly That's again always point. being like if i get this thing then my i'll yeah. matter then i'll be the winner and it's like a I winner doesn't need to prove that they're a winner a winner knows bet- they're a winner <laughs> I bet that's how you felt when you're on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles illustration one. You were just like, well, Disney Channel isn't even going to send it back to me. Like, <laughs> They keep it. A Hustler remake exclusively told from the perspective of my TMNT Someone tickets arriving in the mail. Their collage on I'm like, the Disney price is too damn high. It's too high, boss. It's too high. Um, sexy. Well, let's go throw away all like $44,000 fucking dollars and uh, gamble away with the gambler. Yahtzee. Make it rain. Make it rain. <laughs> Meg likes Yahtzee today. I've never played it. Yeah, me either. The Gambler is a 1974 crime drama film directed by Carol Rise. Not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, it stars James Kahn, but I reckon he can. Um, and <laughs> what he can do is gamble. Actually, no, he can't gamble. He can't gamble. He's bad at it. He's he loses $44,000. And I'm going to. Which is four times as much money as Noah has saved to move out. It's true. Is that something I should disclose to the world? I think I'm. Fr- I, wow. you, I don't know if that's supposed to be mean or if that's supposed to be nice. I think it's a good amount of money. People tell me if you think I've saved up enough money to move out because I think I have. Thank you, Australian <laughs> government. Please don't cancel JobKeeper in a few weeks. <laughs> the tagline for the tagline for the gambler is for yes. ten thousand dollars they break your arms, for twenty thousand they break your legs, and Fred is that his name? What? For- what, Axel Freed. Axel Freed. I couldn't say it. I thought it said and Fred. I'm looking, I'm looking at it from a distance and it looks like it said and Fred, but it says Axel <laughs> Freed. And Fred Flintstone. Okay, How distinctively Axel. You can't butcher this character's name. Okay, it's I'll like do it one again. of the best names ever. I'll do it again. I'll start from the top, okay? For $10,000, they break your arms. <laughs> For $20,000, they break your legs. 
Axel Freed owes $44,000. It really makes sense why Noah got a bad mark in his spoken voice. No yeah, offense. truly. I wow, actually really like, ragging on Noah. the worst <laughs> spoken yeah, voice on his No, truly. I always get cringe so much at that time that I wrote the song for the Christmas episode and just laughed through it the whole time. Horrible oh, stuff. I like no, that I love that I did too. I liked the hustle. But, did you like you know, that moment, Max? Do you know what we're referring to? It's in my top 10 Twin Picks moment. <laughs> <laughs> we should Welcome watch, watch Mojo.com. Mojo. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> um, so other this, nine were in last week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> I I literally it took me a long time to process for some reason because I'm so attached to James Khan doing like cool roles or like role like Thief, Michael Mann's Thief and stuff like that, where mm-hmm. he's like really cool and even in that movie he's the point is he's not a perfect person. I don't person. know any of these references. The they are like over my head. Right, all good. Well, that's a good movie. You're not like a can movie. fan. Not like a can fan. Can, can, can we fun. make you one? Can I'm a fake fan. Yes, yeah. we can. Yeah. Yes, we can. <laughs> the, this movie, he is like so bad at gambling. He's horrible. <laughs> and like he is, it's literally the main thing I could think of. It. Like I was going to make up my triplet in the attic, but I was like, everyone's seen it. It's like, it's the feeling of watching Uncut Gems where you're just like, <sighs> stop getting yourself into another situation hmm. to get yourself out of the last situation. No, but that's addiction. It, it, again, that's it's a great portrait like, of addiction. You yeah. feel yourself sinking with him and you're like, oh my God, you are so embarrassing. Like yeah. you are literally, you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things as well, like where the hustler is. Wait, have I got the names right? Yeah. Okay, yes. sorry. I literally think they're so similar. I'm like, oh, my God, what movie are you talking about? Where the hustler turns on more the, um, yeah, like the pathos experienced and like the, like, you know, ups and downs of like being like quite mm. skillful at the craft of pool mm. and like it's mm. this, you know, gentleman's game, but Fats is good. You know, that's like the sort of sport. Yeah. And there's a skill and respect in that game. Yeah. yeah. And it's like a sport turn. Like that's mm. like, yeah. that's what it pivots on. Totally. This just pivots on addiction. This just pivots on him, like not being able to get out. Like everyone mm. knows, just like get out while you can. And he wins and you're like, oh, well, you that's can't. so good. And now he, yeah, James can. No, he can't. He, he doesn't get out. And it's like so aggravating. And that's why if we're talking about these movies in terms of how they frame like addiction, like a gambling addiction, this movie obviously wins. But it's infuriating to watch. Like it is so frustrating. Yeah. Oh, really but interesting that we might have a fight on hands here. Pardon? Can you be good at gambling? Can they make a movie about a guy that just randomly wins two million bucks and then just leaves and that's the end of the film? That's not a story. Well, they did. They did Uncut Gems and it still didn't end well. So like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah. 21. The, oh, yeah, 21. I actually, I was going to do. From like the mid 2000s. I was going to do that as my like triple in the attic. And then I was like, they're going to make fun of me because I keep bringing like really, really mediocre, right, really mediocre movies. 20, to the it table. is a really mediocre movie. And everyone's movie. like, stop talking about movies that you didn't even like too. that much, but it just feels relevant. That's a bad one for like the entire team that that movie is based on. But that's on about counting, isn't it? All of them were. 21, right? That's about the movie about With Kevin counting. Spacey, the, yeah. the real life team that did that, literally every single one of them was Asian. And then in the movie, it's and then just they like recast Kevin yeah. Spacey yeah. and that Ew, guy that has that? like the most forgetful face in all. I hate cinema. him, Jim Sturgis. The guy from, like, uh, he's like he always Sturgis. looks yeah, to me like a kind of budget um, Andrew Garfield. Yeah, he does That's look fair. a bit like Andrew Garfield. He's in Across the Universe, isn't he? And he's in yeah, Cry- yeah. yeah. And he him? says everything like. Oh, I was gonna do that. Yeah. I don't want to do it. I'm together. I can see <laughs> it. Jonathan Reese Myers are my people who I feel like are randomly cursed. And I'm like, why are they still in things? They're so bad in everything. They he really. He looks like he needs to shave. He's four days off shaving in everything. Mm. Anyway, sorry. Um, back to just ragging on the gambler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What did you two over in LA think of this film? In Tinseltown. Oh. <laughs> in Tinseltown. 
I, I just admire his powerful chest hair. Yes. It's, he wanted it, to show it. He wanted to show it every it, single time. It was incredibly just powerful. Hair. Just the way he has basically half of his shirt unbuttoned at all times. It was a very good power move. Other than that, that I thought it was... Power play. Aside from that, the film itself, I really enjoyed. I thought um, it, it's a very... It's a lot more realistic, I feel, than The Hustler. The Hustler is more of a... A, a mm. fantasy, whereas this felt like it, it wanted to say well, something. But his job, like yeah, he has a, he's that. a pretty like indulgent, highbrow character in a really um, kind of exaggerated way, don't you think? Oh like, yeah. Exactly. His thing is he's like a lit professor, isn't he? And it's like yeah, like how Harvard can you educated. be so smart, but money, but so stupid. You do dumb things. I, yeah. I think I think the movie's like great strength is like it paints like especially this particular person's relationship to why they gamble so well. Like I actually, as it went on and as he, we hear him talk more about why he gambles and the way he does it, the more you're like, oh, I actually like get you now. Because as you said, like him being so educated and doing these incredible like philosophical speeches about the nature of um of risk and the nature of the unknown to his class makes you be like, how are you so clever and yet so dumb? Mm. But like the movie <laughs> paints this thing of him being like that I do it because of the risk that I might lose. I don't do it. Like part the of the spiral of the situation he gets himself into is he has to essentially help rig uh, a game, mm. like a basketball game. And just he like speaks some about, shitty college game. It's like, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's like a tiny yeah. college game. Again, but and I it's don't like think the that shame. adds to it. It makes it so much more shameful. Yeah, the shame so like bringing it into You're not even winning against the like big guys here. These yeah. are like college games. You're kids. ruining one of your like students. You're, you're shaming one of your students. Like yeah. one of that you uh, like that you knew they all really respected you. And, and now you're bringing thing- it into your personal life. And just this idea of being like, I I don't like playing gambling when I know who's going to win because that's not why I gamble. I gamble yeah. because of the risk that I might lose. But yeah. I thought and he as wants well another yeah. way that I liked how it was framed was like he's like especially with the whole college basketball game he's like he's like gambling on the loser like he's like he's always it's almost this thing yeah. about loss that he, it's it means more to him like the ending you know sort of it's sort of a bit ambiguous but like the ending where it's Ooh, kind of interesting like interesting ending hey yeah Ooh. it's interesting but it's like is he just happier to lose and have risked it than to win and then think he can keep winning. Like, is it better mm. for him to have like, you know, won on the loser or to keep losing and lose to the point where he can't lose anymore and, you know, he gets beat up and he loses whatever, yeah. you know. Is that more, like more meaningful to him as this really cerebral academic guy who's like educated and he knows like logically what he should be doing but it just is more meaningful to have like risked everything yeah. and lost it all than to keep trying to win? Yeah, exactly. Because it is so much about the race. Like, that's such an interesting, like, little mm. thing to pivot upon. Yeah, there is a key to it, I reckon, in, like, seeing the character when he's not gambling because it's like he has this high-functioning other life where, like, he can go play tennis with his mom and, like, date this nice girl with, like, an adorable gap in her teeth, which yeah, was so really cute. cool. Yeah. yeah, that was great. But it's like um, that almost feels like it's – like a restraint to him or like it's so much effort for him to be in that world. And at the end of the movie, I found it almost like um, it was like he was like liberating himself almost where it's like I just want to hit bottom because then I don't have to keep Mm. making choices and deals and stuff and I'm just here getting beaten up by like a sex worker's pimp and like I lost, I 100% lost and like he's chill with it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like that, yeah, it's like once he's hit bottom, like 
there's nowhere lower to go kind of thing almost. Mm. I, well, I very, oh, sorry, Liz, after you. I was just going to say, Max, you are someone who I don't like gambling. I would say you actually enjoy it. And yes. can you speak to that? Why you want to be a big loser? Can you speak to that? Because he's such a cerebral guy, but he just needs to get away from it all, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like the iconic line in The Gambler when he said, I don't do it to win or lose. I do it because I con. And then he looks <laughs> at the camera and winks. No, actually, I'm, actually. What's well, no, I, I think, well, it, it might, th- there's just a rush uh, that I think this movie kind of focuses on. It's a rush of the unknown. I'm not, by the way, Eliza made it seem like I'm some sort You're of, not some like. I'm not like Howard Ratner or <laughs> Uncut You're Gems. You're aspiring or, to be. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, it, it's one of those things where it seems like they, they get to the heart of it a bit in The Gambler where he's more obsessed with the feeling of unknown. It's like when you buy a lottery ticket yeah. or something. It's You're not when, buying. You don't possibly win millions. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's just that you can dream about it for a while or whatever. Yeah, it's living between the moments, uh, like right before the loss or right before the win of just not knowing. And uh, one thing I found very interesting about this character, in in more ways than one, I thought he was actually more pathetic than... than, Well, yeah, well, not just the hustler, even Uncut Gems, which was brought up as an example... But he didn't have a big cry and a why no, but are you so no, mean but to me? <laughs> but but Howard Ratner, he never like stole or begged his family for money. Oh, the, the initial thought, thing that he does in this movie is like so embarrassing. Like it's so yes. shameful. He borrows mu- so much. Like is it yeah. all of the money from his? Yeah, mom? she gives him all the money and then he goes. He to immediately pay. loses <laughs> it. All of it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and oh. also shout out to James Woods as the banker. Yes. Yeah. Doing a good slimy, <laughs> just yeah. acting as himself. Yeah. He's so slimy. Yeah. No, I, I think that's so true. I wrote down pathetic as well. Like, I think there's something to <laughs> him having this view of himself as well, where like one of the joys of Uncut Gems is like this dude clearly is pathetic and like he just like sobs his way through every situation. In this, there's the idea of someone who like, has quite a strong sense of self or something. And then this is the first time they've let themselves get so low that like they're constantly in bat, like they're constantly being faced with like how they're living as a shell of who they are. Like I love the way that it brings it back to him having like his gambling enters the space of his being a professor. Cause there's almost this idea that like as a family man, He's the best son you could ask for. At mm. his dad's 80th birthday, he gives the like most eloquent, impressive yes. speech that everyone like stands up and applauds him for. Like everyone would be like, what an amazing son. At All work. about like working to earn your place in like. Yeah, earning your job. place, the, how you have to work hard and start from the ground up, literally. And then at university, he's this like learned professor who like engages with the kids and like they all really respect him and like think he's cool. And then by the end of the movie, he's ruined his like broken his mom's heart by taking her money he has confronted his is it his father or his stepfather i can't remember anyway but like confronted him by being like why didn't you give me money that was so mean of you like you let me down (laughs) and then the guy being like well i'm not going to (laughs) support your addiction and he's like you know brought one of his students into his web of lies by making him like bet against this like help kind of um What's it called? Like tamper with a, yeah, rig a game, a basketball game. Uh, yeah, I think it's, I think 
a pretty pathetic dude, definitely. And I also mm-hmm. wanted to quickly say before, I don't know if you guys have anything else to say, but um, the score and direction of this film also really successfully paint the, like, like highs and lows of gambling in the sense that, like, you're at the start when he's winning, the music is, like, super fun and, like, catchy and, like, it's really, like, up-tempo and stuff. And then sometimes he has a big loss and it literally, it, I got, like, chills. It's, like, really scary. Yeah. There'll just be, like, a slow zoom on him as he has a big loss and it'll be, like, low strings and, like, you literally get paranoid. Like, by the mm-hmm. end of the movie, like I was, like, gut paranoid. Feeling. The gut feeling, the, like, drop in your belly when you're, like, oh, my Ugh. God, I just lost, like, $50,000 and stuff. Mm. Ugh. Like, Max, really successfully empathise with them. Maybe. Oh, my God. Anything else on this one, Tanya, or do we want to compare the picks? Um, I think I'm ready to compare. I've got some some thoughts. I, yes. I came to this um, episode not knowing, so I'm feeling a little bit I, I really, I'm, I'm quite excited that mm. we have um, a lot of love for The Gambler because I really thought it would be quite a set and dry one, but we love an episode where, you know, who knows how it's going to turn out. So yeah, I'm well, excited. Let, should we compare? Mm. Let's compare. Come on, baby needs a new pair of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, hello, friends. In the gap, we were talking about Luck Be a Lady and what a great song Luck Be a Lady is. Yeah, Just and we how need good to talk it about is. That. The line where he, goes, Go where he goes, Stick with me, baby. I'm the fella you came with, it with. It's, oh, I stopped it. But like, it's no, so it's good. good. <laughs> it is. It's no, that's good. good. That's good. Both Mine's of these movies debuts. would be improved if the character ripped into that song before yeah, losing all their money. Yeah, music. My, my fave is before the song, he goes, Give me the dice and give me room. I love it. <laughs> you didn't have to do it like that, though. Well, that's me performing. I think well, you Meg, just like it because you like the way degree. you did it. I have a bachelor degree of music theater. I would love so to hear. I'm obviously going to use it. Like, I have a yeah. bachelor degree. I well, would love to hear Senator Bernie um, Sanders say that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Give me the dice. I am respectfully asking for the dice. <laughs> I would, and the room, I am please. Once again and room for, in for which I could throw the dice. Yeah, good stuff. Oh, no. I love oh, you, no. <laughs> Let's compare these I'm two old. picks about the uh, addiction to the thrill of winning. Uh, the big difference between these two films, as uh, we pointed out, being The Hustler is more focused on, even though it's also a game where, like, especially the way they play it, you lose once you're out of money, so it is a gamble. Uh, it's more about the skill of the of the game of pool and like the chase almost. Whereas the gambler is straight up about as Max. So, you know, perfectly described with some anecdotal evidence, the like feeling in your, in your gut, the like in between moment between placing that money and who knows what the outcome is going to be. Um, I guess like my, I feel like I'm leaning towards uh, the hustler for, I think, even just at a filmmaking level, like whenever I watch The Hustler, I go, what a cinematic sport, I think. Like it always feels so human. Like it's so intimate and it's so like, yeah, just like the the personalities of the characters are always so present in it. Where it's like any other sport movie is just like you're watching the sport when they're playing it. But like what makes the hustle so great is it's saying skill extends beyond the physical. It extends into like your strength of character and who you are as a person. Um, But I also do think when Max pointed out that like one of these movies feels like grimly realistic, 
uh, one of them feels more like a bit of like a like a parable or like a fable or something that isn't quite as um, realistic. But I don't necessarily think that, that that's a bad thing. There's something like nostalgic that I love to The Hustler. I love showing it to new people. Um, yeah, I, I, that, that's my thoughts on that one. Yeah, what mm. do you think, um, I think I agree. Yeah, you've raised some really good points there. I think... Like I always say, what are the movies trying to do? And that's what I'll make my decision based off of. And we sort of framed it as if both of these movies deal with like addiction or like like being addicted to the win or the loss or whatever. But because of that framing, I think in my mind I'm pretty, I I think I'm leaning towards the gambler. Like I just Mm. think it, like the patheticness of it all was much more thrilling to me. Like it seemed more um, compelling in like a story about addiction. If we were comparing them about like, you know, the actual narrativity, like I think The Hustler was a really well done parable sort of story. Like, um, you know, Hmm. and Paul Newman obviously is like, you know, such a compelling actor to watch. I just said compelling twice, but I mean it. Um, But I don't know. I think I am leaning towards the gamble, but maybe that's also just because of my inclinations as an audience member. Like I do like a movie that's a bit more realistic. Maybe it's a good episode for that. Maybe it's a good episode yeah. for us all. Like, It'll I just think be we get a bit of a window. Preference. I think a lot on this podcast, actually, I've picked ones where like, whilst I can recognise that the other film is probably more accessible to people and probably like... You just like it better. The style of it works better. There's yeah. something about like a more... Yeah, like a classic Hollywood feel to something that I'm naturally going to like enjoy a bit more indulging yeah I in think that a bit more it wasn't something. that I enjoyed watching the gambler more or less than the hustler it was just that it was something that my taste is more suited mm. towards and like the bits of the hustler like I actually did really like the ending where it is an anticlimax that is more similar to the I don't know not even the style but like the mode of storytelling of like the gambler than it is the hustler which seemed more like a mm tale of like win and loss mm. I guess I don't know I think I am sort of leaning towards the gambler but for reasons that I don't know that I can articulate that well except mm, to say Meg, that it seems yeah. more about addiction I normally feel like you like more stagey or like theatrical kind of movies which yeah. the I mean, hustler definitely is more mm. it definitely is I also I also don't know that like I wonder this is kind of like maybe this is a bit stupid to say or reductive or whatever no but I think sure it's more it's interesting to watch people playing like poker and like card games than like pool. Like I don't find pool that I don't compelling. Think so. I think that's I a valid pool thing so, to be like. I, find I don't poker find pool so hard to watch. I don't get it. Casino <laughs> Royale though. Yeah, I don't know what the hell's yeah, happening. <laughs> the gambling in Casino Royale is like once you know. I'm not even that good at poker, but like once you know, obviously because it's like a movie, they have to make all the hands it's like cool and sexy. But like James Bond is so bad at gambling in Casino Royale. <laughs> like yeah. he places yeah. some bets that you're like, that is the dumbest thing you could literally do and you had the best luck in the world. Is he a bad gambler? No, it didn't even pay off. She like saved his ass, Vera, whatever. Yeah, in those ones. Yeah. And it's also the government's money. So you know what? Actually, he's doing a great job. Actually power to you, James. (laughs) (laughs) Boris would not stand for that. But you know, I think I am, yeah, leaning towards, I think you're right. I do go for like stagey stuff normally, but I don't know. I Mm. I don't know why I feel the way I do. It's just how I feel. And oh. I would never ask you to lie to yourself, Megan. Like, I, I wouldn't want to lie to you me. guys. I really wouldn't. Meg, you're my Thank twin. You. I would never ask you to do anything you don't want to do. I would never. Guys, I'm going to say it. It's the gambler. <laughs> I choose the gambler, okay? You've broken me. My poker face is done we away. We cracked you. 
We did it. The end of Meg Slim Jim Jansen. <laughs> yeah, that was a good name. What about wow. you guys? So we have I actually each. have no gauge of what your thoughts are on this. Yeah, on I can't tell. Like which one you're picking, I mean. Would you like to go first or would you like me to go no, first? No, you can go first. Okay. I'm going to say I prefer The Gambler actually, interestingly. Um, yeah, I think as an addiction story, as a thing of being like very similar to Uncut Gems, like the whole film basically being, okay, this person – is like either really, really intelligent and skilled or they're just like a loser addict. And like what is the line between that of like working at your highest function and being amazing and like, you know, being so cool and just being a complete failure and like giving into your worst impulses. Um, I found that more watchable than the like arguably more like just virtuous kind of like more sport story of The Hustler. Where, But like I think – a great thing about The Hustler that I didn't get to mention and that I think, like, is so innately great about it is, like, I think anytime there's a movie about someone doing, like, a con, it's so watchable because it's, like, yeah. the yeah. scene is it's fun to watch. Watching. Someone, yeah. you know, doing the big reveal of, like, oh, my God, it was a con and then it happens, like, every act and then at the end of the whole movie normally the main character gets conned and they're like, whoa. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> that happened in The Hustler in a great way too. This is that a better really Paul well Newman hustle like doing a sting movie than the sting like that movie <laughs> the sting is like you know that you know there's a community episode about how the sting is the worst yeah it's kind of valid like the sting is like the hustler doesn't have too many scenes if him like really playing people and hustling people but because they're in like short supply and they're therefore like fun little set pieces they're so good the sting is just one whole long movie where you're like well whatever you tell me i know that they're grifting someone so i don't care and then that's what the movie is <laughs> yeah anyway max what about you yeah i uh, i gotta go with the gambler as oh. well Ooh. Oh, no. I, yeah um, I, yeah, I'm so, sorry, Noah, but How's the hustle is great. The chest hair just hypnotized you. The, the, ch- yeah. the powerful chest hair. Hypnotic. Yeah. Mm. I, I feel like The Gambler is just a, just a way better degenerate movie. It, it yes. showcases degeneracy so He's much pathetic. better. Actually, yeah. as you were all talking about this, I realized I was like, my big difference is I enjoy empathizing with, with Paul Newman's character. Fast Nelson yeah. because yeah. it feels like he can get redemption. Like I actually really enjoy him as a portrait of being like yeah. random. But when I started the movie, I thought about how um, I watched this TikTok that was a compilation of dudes tinder profiles mm-hmm. and just picture after picture after picture after picture of dudes being like what are you competitive it asked the question everything. what are you competitive about everything oh my God, and i was I like this is literally a movie about a dude who's like what only priority in life is, <laughs> <laughs> is the stupid purpose he has mm-hmm. but i still because paul newman's gorgeous and because it's so well written like <laughs> you still are like there's you are like you are a like a great like there is greatness in you like that thing where he's like i know there's greatness in me and it's you're like yes there is but like you don't see what it is that everyone is right about that everyone's like well he's missing it he's a loser and he doesn't see what it is and i think it's really exciting watching him trying to struggle to find it whereas like james khan the whole movie i'm just like you uh i know with good question with with the gambler with axel did you guys ever think he was going to change his ways or were you just seeing if he could get out of this situation and get onto the next one? No, I mean, what what it comes down to as well is the hustler is kind of a chosen one story. You're watching someone who is Mm. gifted and treated as though he's gifted, 
With the mm. gambler, you're just kind of watching an everyman degrade himself over and over true. again and just kind of spiral downward. Yeah, you like that. Yeah, it, it's it's <laughs> more entertaining to watch, I feel like, because yeah. you're led to believe Paul you. Newman still thinks he's a good guy. He's still yeah. like, I feel like Paul Newman, you're still led to believe, oh, there's a chance at redemption. Oh, I still think like Paul Newman, his character, you know, Fast Eddie feels like, oh, maybe there's a chance. And there is. There's yeah. another movie. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas, whereas Axel, you kind of know. Where do you and think he Axel knows, went from there? He knows he's a piece of shit. By that sex trafficker. He girl. went back to his like rich family. I wonder how much of it has to do with he is a bit like waspy too. He comes from a bit. Yeah. Of oh, you he's feel not, like again you the privilege is there. Yeah. yeah, the privilege is there. Hey, yeah. guys, God, another loss Sorry, for Noah. me. Yeah. Sorry, Noah. Sorry, Noah. You're a loser, Winning and you and always losing. will be. I'm the oh. loser today. You guys are the winners. There you go. Well. <laughs> Let's get our triplet in the attics down from down from upstairs and let's sit him down and and have a chat. Roll the I dice. bet, I bet they'll be glad to see us. <laughs> <Did> you get Alrighty, so now it's time for Triplet in the Attic, the part of the show where we each talk about a third piece of media, could be literally anything in the world, and uh, that that would be a nice little pair to our twin picks today. So why don't we kick things off with Eliza? You're up, kiddo. What is your Triplet in the Attic for this week? I just chose... I feel like doing a song this week. So you watch one oh. of the movies in between, you go fix yourself a little snack and you bop around your kitchen counter to Werewolves of London by Warren Zevon, mm. which is in The Colour of Money in that iconic scene where Tom Cruise is lip syncing along and bopping and being a happy little pre-Scientologist. And it's such a good, fun song. That's sick. Sorry, because you said fix yourself. I thought you were saying the song was fix you. And I was like, oh, my God. The gambler finishes. He's lost all his money. He's staring at his cut. And it's like, when you try your best. That's not bad. It's really sad. That is pretty good, isn't it? That's dad's favorite song. Hi, dad. Is it? Yeah, of course it is. It's every dad's favorite song. It's just a default question. No, that's not dad's favorite Every dad's favorite song is fix you. Every dad's favorite movie is click. We know this. It's done. I don't feel like click dad's is that appreciated by dads. Mm. I think Shawshank is Shawshank. Shawshank is every dad's. Yeah, it's yeah. a good dad movie. Very true. Shout out to the dads. Happy Father's Day, everyone. Thanks for <laughs> making us. <laughs> Thanks, pops. Um, um, okay, that's nice. Eliza. Who's up now? Uh, Max, Thanks. do you want to go? Sure. Uh, mine was another movie. <laughs> uh, Eliza's violently do pointing <laughs> at uh, a suggestion she had, which Please. I also agree with. Uh, uh, James Conn's Twitter. It's so good. Which is oh, incredible. Oh, it's so funny. He says end of tweet it. at every tweet. And is he being ironic or is, it, is he legit? I he think it's be- the kind of thing where he did it and people are like, ha you say end of tweet at the end of every tweet. And that's like a little kid when you tell them they did something funny. So they do it every <laughs> single day for the rest yeah. of their lives. He <laughs> tweets cute. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. End of tweet. Um, but aside from James Conn's Twitter, my triplet in the attic would be another gambling film called California Split. Ooh. Directed by Robert Altman in 1974. And oh, we love it Alti. Is- 
It is awesome if you haven't seen it. I love it. alt movies. Yeah, so. alt, the, the alt man. Marvel's alt man. Um, yeah, it's starring Elliot Gould and George Siegel as a couple of degenerate gamblers as well. But it's more of a buddy comedy and... Well, not not really a comedy, actually, more of a buddy dramedy, and Ooh. it's it's really good. I I believe uh, if you look this up, a lot of people regard it as one of the best gambling movies ever made. So uh, is it check like it out. Cards? next to swingers with Vince Vaughn? It's poker, yeah. Poker, very true. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna, I was actually, it's been on my list for a long time. So now I'm like, no, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna check it out. Oh, it's awesome. Check it out tonight. Go well next. Done. Thank you, Meg. Yeah, no problem. How about you? Um, I am gonna recommend a, another podcast episode but also the podcast generally is really good not that the abc needs more attention like we're the underdog compared to the abc (laughs) but the abc has a podcast called how do you sleep at night and they just do like interviews with people who are like a bit shit like they do um there's like one episode about people who um pick it outside abortion clinics and like tobacco lobbying lobbyists wow. and stuff like that. But the one that I'm going to recommend you is episode two. It's with, um, it's called like the pokies King. Um, and it, do you know what pokies are Max? Pokies. When you have like a really thin shirt and <laughs> the chest hair pokes through. And everything's poking. No, it's like it's like the machines. Like the gaming. That's like machines. the Aussie term for like slot machines that are oh, slot machines. Okay. The slots, They're yeah. only legal oh. in like very particular weird areas and like particular like, like RSLs or and like things. RSL but yeah. Calls. Yeah. It's a really oh, okay. good Not it's a really good episode. It's like um Is he like an addict, this person? No, no, no. He owns and like runs oh, wow. um, like all these pokies machines yeah. and he like lobbies to put them in RSLs and like he wow. they sort of have these it's a it's the best episode in the whole series because he's very evasive and then he invites Sarah McVee, the host, like to his house. He's like, Oh, you know, we ended on like bad terms last time. Let's let's like clear the air. And then he just says no comment to all of Everything. her questions. Like it's mm. so good. Oh, so so I really recommend Isn't it. Isn't it interesting when you listen to podcasts that have interviews that are like really they're like live confrontational and, and yeah. you're like oh my gosh i'm so not used to feeling uncomfortable when i listen to a podcast exactly. i listen to one of the wellness industries that would be so yeah. cool yeah i'm like put down the bat <laughs> <laughs> tell us your deepest darkest secrets yeah um yeah literally how wild are gambling like at, when you go to pubs and you see like you ever go to like a pub at like two o'clock three o'clock in the middle of the day and then there's like you know the little room where they have all the pokies yeah. and stuff and you're like oh these dudes like wake up yeah. They come here and that's what they do. Well, today. Even they like, gamble in that room. It's really dark. And the room like, like in, has an um, energy around it that's like oppressive and sad. But even like in New South Wales, like my best friend, he's from Sydney originally. And he was telling me how like heaps of his friends from Sydney and stuff, like when they had like the lockout laws introduced and things, the big shift was away from clubbing and you just go to pokies after oh, at the pub. Wow. And now his friends love going to the pokies because it's just like a huge and the New South Wales pokies are like crazy. Like that's it's like grim. four times as bad as it no is. No way. I didn't know. So, that. Yeah, yeah, you Can you lose that. serious you money? Like that's like that's exactly what they want because the bloody New South Wales government yeah, owns are so tied up in the pokies. Mm. It's crazy. Like, yeah, just like Fuck it, you it was like this really large section of like places in Sydney that wasn't affected by the lockdown laws was Crown because Casino of the po- yeah or Star Casino. Oh yeah, yeah. Star, that. ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, wow. so bad. This is really now a political um, podcast, guys. Yeah, indeed. So there you go. We got beliefs here. That's right. Um, such great <laughs> picks, everyone. I love it. Um, my pick is another James Kahn film that I adore. It's the directorial debut, other than like TV episodes and like smaller things, of Michael Mann, and it's Thief. Um, and I didn't know whether I was going to pick it because I was like, oh, it's not really about gambling. But I think it's also about um, a man, an imperfect man, kind of grappling with 
like a purpose or grappling with being like, like what is, what am I actually gaining from the life I've chosen or like the, the things that I've decided to commit to. Um, and yeah, it's just about him being like a safe cracker, a professional safe cracker and him grappling with, yeah, where like, how do you be professional at that? Just he's just like a, he's a just go knock knock. Um, <laughs> Hello, money, <laughs> <laughs> money, please. Uh, yeah, and I love it. Anything like a man, I adore. But it's like his first big boy, and it's and so, Tangerine it's Dream score, score. so good. The score's so good. Ta- all the Tangerine Dream, um, Michael Mann scores are so good. Um, I actually just got the vinyl of that. Uh, the other day from Mondo. Does it make yeah. you want to like be a little criminal and like wear a little balaclava and sneak around? And it makes me want to like have a cool little cocktail when I listen to it because I feel like it's like the funky 80s, honestly. Mm. Guys, so I've been that, really yeah. trying to get into drinking martinis because I think it'll make me look really cool. I think that's Do you enjoy the taste at all? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's questionable. I think I like I like the idea <laughs> of liking the taste. Um, the I'll concept of liking but it I'll is I'll update the listeners soon. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> Right we'll now, my order, just so you know, my order is like a like a vodka martini, dirty, and that's where they put like the the olives, like the olive juice, juice in it, so it tastes a bit olivey. Have and you I guys like that one better? Heard, like, why is it not more talked about? How good like CC dries are? Is that what it's called? CC dries. Canadian club Canadian, dries. Yeah, they're no, really uh, good. I've never had them before, table. and I recently had them and was like. Oh, that's well, it's not like, a cocktail. I it's know, like that it's ad. That's like a Canadian club dry. <laughs> it's a yummy beverage. I like it a lot. Well, this is a weird note to end on. I just thought everyone should know. Maybe people Another addiction to this you should all have it. alcohol. Exactly alcohol. <laughs> Maybe if you want an addiction that will also make you look cool, you should just start smoking. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Cool it's boys. like peak looking it, cool. You look cool. That Like a cigarette with like my vodka martini that I'm not enjoying. Mm. Yes. And like just... You know, people come up to me like, "What do you do for work?" I'm like, "I'm a mm. podcaster." Okay, if they were gonna make a, <laughs> if they were gonna make a, right, the podcasting cancels everything else out. If they were gonna make a movie about each of us about an addiction we have, oh. what would it be? Mine would be I about know. like my commitment to picking my nails and about like how far I'm gonna go with it and like whether it conflicts with my values. Or not. Yeah, mine would be um, making that noise I make where I scratch my oh, throat that is and I try and pop my you ears. Need, you have to do it now. I think I've already done it on the podcast. Okay, let's I? do it. <laughs> got, listeners, do that at home. But and Max scratch your well. throat. You do yeah, I do. I do it too. Yeah, you'll be Go like Max. anywhere in the house, and you'll just hear like. Do you want to do it for <laughs> so us? Like birds of a feather, Max. We stick together. Beautiful. Oh, yeah, his one great. is a lot heartier than yours. Yeah, it's hearty. I like. Yeah. It. Does it? Yeah. It's good to have good? a cute gargle noise. Yeah. Oh, it's the best feeling in the world. <laughs> Good job, Max. Like, I know yours? I would have a my strange addiction addiction. Like I would have puppets that I talk to, and like while the I was going to say, Eliza kicking me. the like, pillow. Eliza kicking the pillow. Have we told the pillow story? It's so funny. As mm. as kids, Eliza used to like get home from school and like mm. <laughs> throw her books down in her bags and lie <laughs> on, the on the floor on her back. Put a pillow on her feet and just like kick it <laughs> like a like a turning but I wheel. I got good at it. Okay, it was she like circus so good with it. She could have like joined circus for a long. Time. And then one night, she, and then she just did it so much that one night she, <laughs> she like, threw I up. Feel sick and threw up. And never did it again. And never did it again. Never. You did it for like three years. Maybe you were like, now. you used to read. You no, you tried yeah. to do it like two years ago. Do we asked to do it and you couldn't do I've it anymore. lost the ability. That's oh. so funny. Oh, I love that. How story. do you feel hearing that, Max? Did you know that? I did not. And I am slowly backing away. <laughs> what would your addiction be? My addiction? My strange addiction? To the table. Um, I was going to say, like, maybe uh, eating glue. No, oh, I, I love it. No, I haven't, I haven't eaten glue. Um, 
Oh, actually, this is this is kind of interesting. Um, or well, maybe just to me. But when I was in elementary school, what I used to do was I would crack open pens and kind of like uh, the little <laughs> ink and I would blow through it while I was writing to s- see if I could get like a more powerful uh, ink <laughs> stream. Did it and, work? <laughs> and yeah, it would usually work because we had really cheap pens. Right. So I was basically just blowing the ink right out of these pens. It's like and typing one, in bold. It's like how yeah. you're making like bold wow. or italic. It's, it's like it was great. And then he hacked a pen to and, make it bold. Yeah. And then <laughs> one day while I was doing it, someone tapped on my shoulder and I accidentally oh inhaled and just like oh. Sucked in like a <laughs> straw, just a oh. whole pen full of ink. Did you go home? Surely. No, I didn't go home. Surely I just, that's I, a go home. I just on the way home. No, <laughs> I just rinsed my mouth out Mom, and got back I to math. I drank some ink. Yeah. <laughs> I drank some ink. <laughs> no, like yeah. I'm like living in fear that like if my parents found out, they'd be like, is that why all of our pens are constantly out of ink? <laughs> God, that's, that, stupid that's too good. Wow. Great responses all around. Um, thank you so much for listening. This is a really fun episode. Uh, and thanks to all the new listeners. Um, we've been checking the like new listening count and, and things and lovely that we have lots of new listeners. So thanks for we listening. Don't deserve you. Keep on telling your friends about us and And say hi to us. Leave us a review. Exactly. Or get in contact. Email. Get in contact with us on twinpixpodcast at gmail.com or you can message us on our Instagram or Facebook page where as we said before, you can like vote on which pick you think should have won. We share some of the triplet in the attics and stuff as well. I reckon I'll put up Eliza's song there so you can listen to that, that whatever the song was you just said. I don't know what it was. What was it? Werewolves. Werewolves something. Werewolves of London. Yeah, hectic. I'll put that up do on the Do you want to hear the first See? lyric to that song? Yeah, I do. Kick it. The first lyric in the song is, I saw a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand. So Yum. like... Damn, Just I love Chinese food. Gets better. Sounds like a good song. What a beautiful note to end on. Exactly. Um, and if you want to watch the movies to be caught up for next week's episode, we are having a pop star showdown between Mariah Carey and Britney Spears with <sighs> 2001's Glitter and 2002's Crossroads. September 11, 2001, literally. Uh, yeah, so Crossroads and Glitter. That's for next week. Um, is there anything else to tell people about? Oh, you can tell about Rough Cut, Eliza. Yes. Um, check out roughcutfilm.com for more great writing about film. And also, Max, your Twitter link that people can hear more from yeah, you is Max, at Maxer of Disguise, yourself. right? Yeah, Maxer of Disguise. M-A-X-E-R of Disguise. You're <laughs> 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 all, all the hot spell takes the you know thing. and love. And I was like, Max so doesn't think Australians can spell. He's about to like do the whole thing. <laughs> well, no, because people think it's Maxter with like a T oh, because S- that makes yeah. more sense. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, it makes way more sense. But yeah. Um, yeah, I couldn't snag you. that hand. I just wanted to say before we go, Max, thank you so much for being a guest on this episode yet again. Yet again. Yeah. yeah you were great. And we love your thank hot you. takes. We do. Oh, thank Very you. Very spicy. Really it good means stuff. a lot. Bravo. Hopefully Eliza will untie me now. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. What movie will right. we do Master of Disguise sometime to bring you back? Yes. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. We'll do I mean, but that's also like, that's an automatic win. So you know what my opinion yeah, is. Yeah, it won't be. be very interesting for people to listen to. They'll be like, oh, Master of Disguise wins. Come on. Anyway, <laughs> thanks so much for listening, friends. Don't be a loser. Bye, Be everyone. a winner. Oh, Bye. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. I love you. Love you all. You love everyone. Yeah. <laughs> love you.